Joyce is your host, and Northern Ireland's finest, Andy Little is our guest. Speaking of Northern Ireland's finest, in this episode, we touch on Sir David Healy, one of Andy's heroes. We also speak about childhood, growing up in Northern Ireland, and his influences throughout childhood when he started playing football. We speak about when he signed for Rangers and making the transition and the move over. We also get a chance to speak about when he broke into the first team under Walter Smith. Al McCoyst as assistant manager, and latterly McCoyst as a manager. Andy had some tough times during his career, and he touches on them as well. A little bit of advice. If you want to listen to what it's like being out of the game, through injury, when you can't do anything about it, have a wee listen to this. We also got a chance to talk about his Northern Ireland uh, career, and how he made his international debut without making a first-team appearance for Rangers. We move on to going part-time football, and dropping out of football altogether. Injuries caught up with him in the end. And again, we speak about what he's doing away for the game and what he'd done away for the game while he was at Rangers. I hope you enjoy. Bye now. school and uh, then joined my local, well, I actually joined a couple of local clubs, lasted about a day, hated it, um, and then finally about maybe two weeks later I went to a club called Ballon of Mallard, um, which nobody from, who, who isn't from around there can pronounce, but anyway, Ballon of Mallard uh, United and that's the, I joined the youth club, the youth, youth team uh, from probably about the age of about seven mm-hmm. until when I left at 16, so all the honoured were brilliant to me. Um, I had one coach the whole way through, from the first day I joined to the last day, um, and loads of success. We were a really good, really good team. We had a, at one stage eight of our starting the lineup was in the Northern Ireland squad at mm-hmm. that age group, and um, so yeah, that's where it was. And I, have a lot, I owe a lot to Ballon Mallard. Um That was my first club, and that was really when I, where I took football kind of seriously. Mm-hmm. Do you remember your first kit as a kid? What your first kid? What, what was the boots that you had? Uh, I think it was. I think it was trying to get on the Adidas Predators pretty early, and then the first pair pair came out that were hundred quid. It was the first pair of hundred pound boots, and my mum said no chance. Aye. So uh, yeah, no, I think it was. I was always sort of Adidas, and then I moved on to Nike. But um, yeah, fond memories of of that age. You mm-hmm. know, I think everyone talks about their youth team as. I think they must have been the best. Everyone, everyone seems to have the greatest the best team in the world. Team in the country. Yeah. Everyone seems to have had it at one stage or another. But we were a really good team. You know, friends for life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really, really enjoyed it. I think that's the biggest thing, obviously, for any young boys coming through. I really, really enjoyed it. I mm-hmm. couldn't wait to bus pick me up at the bottom of, bottom of, bottom of the drive every Saturday morning. We went up the country because where we lived was quite quiet. It yeah. wasn't, wasn't a good league. So we went and played in the Middlestar League. Yeah, brilliant. Um, Craig Avon poured it down around that kind of area. And we played against the you know some of the best teams around the country up there. Mm. 
Who was the heroes growing up? Who did you look up to and think, I want to be like them? I was a big Man United <clears> fan, so, um, you know, my brother, my eldest brother, he was sort of, he, he got me playing football, I suppose. He was Man United and Rangers, um, and I had that, I'd always kind of, um, it was that, it was the, the class of 92, I suppose, probably it was the, at that stage, you mm. know, you're back in schools, gigs, and then also it was York and Cole as strikers, York and Cole were just outrageous together. Yeah. So that was the thing that, that really got me. Um, yeah, big Man United fan, so probably Beckham just because of what he was, but um, York and Cole, and then as I got a wee bit older, David Healy, mm-hmm. um, being from Northern Ireland, obviously he was the man I looked up to as Sir David, as, as we know him. Yeah, they had a chance to uh, play with David at Rangers as well as Northern Ireland. What was that like playing with your, your hero and having a wee chance to watch him on a daily basis? Oh, it was absolutely mental. Um, I was lucky enough about the age of about 14 or 15, Kenny Shields in the Northern Ireland squad, Kenny Shields, Dean's dad, he brought us up, um, or sorry, he rewarded us because we'd been travelling up to Belfast, it's an hour and a half from where I live, he rewarded yeah. us with a chance at the age of about 14 to train with the Northern Ireland squad. Mm-hmm. So that was the first time I ever met him and uh, there was like five of us that were 14, 15, we got to train with the, with the full senior yeah. Northern Ireland squad. So that was the first time I met him and then, believe it or not, the second time I met him was in the same squad as him, Northern Ireland squad. But I call up at the age of 19 mm-hmm. and Nigel Worthington pulled me into the squad. I had just made my debut, or just been amongst the... I hadn't made my debut for for Rangers yet, mm-hmm. which was strange. Yeah. I hadn't played a senior game of yeah. football, apart from unknown at Port Vale, I think it was, mm-hmm. and Balmain Honor. But Nigel gave me a chance in the, in the squad, and the next minute, David Healy's sitting across the table, I'm eating with him, and I'm you know, on the team bus with him. And and then three days later, I made my debut against Poland, mm-hmm. World Cup qualifier, and who'd have replaced but David Healy. You know, it's just... Stuff of dreams, you know, someone I looked up to. Um, Mum and dad are in the crowd and they're watching me coming on for someone like him um, at Windsor Park. Mm-hmm. You couldn't ask for much more. What was the feeling like pulling on the jersey for the first time? Northern Ireland jersey, what was that feeling like? Yeah, well, I'd been involved in the youth teams, obviously. I'd had great experiences uh, in Europe, and qualifiers and, um, you know, playing in the Milk Cup, playing mm-hmm. the Milk Cup for two years, which gives, yeah. you a real, it gives you a first insight of, like, what it's like to be a professional footballer. Yeah. You know, anyone who's been at, at the Milk Cup, will, will, as it's now changed its name, unfortunately, but it's still got that reputation. Yeah. Super Cup, I think they call it. But anyone who's been there will um, seize the professionalism, and you know, that's your first taste of yeah. being a professional footballer and playing for your country um, at, a, at home in a big crowds. So I had a wee taste of it, but no, nothing. Nothing compares to walking into the changing room at Windsor Park and seeing your name on the back of a Northern Ireland shirt and mm-hmm. seeing Healy 9 and seeing Davis and all these players that were there. Um, so, I, I, I don't know. I was, in, unbelie- was unbelievably proud. I think I came on about the 80th minute. I ran around like a headless chicken for five <laughs> minutes, and, like I often did. Um, and, yeah, I've got some really good pictures of the local 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 photographer was up there and from a paper he put a big spread of photographs of my debut and my mum and dad there and I've got it up my wall in my wall in my bedroom at home and you know that's probably the I think playing for your country has to be the for me anyway probably has to be the highlight really of a career because I think Mm -hmm. that's what you you always want to do is represent your country so it was massive for me I wish I could have had more um, nine caps but I felt like you know I got every one of them 
before I was about 23, mm -hmm. 24, so you know, I felt like I didn't get the full yeah. the full amount I could have. Were you looking on at that point and thinking there's going to be more after this? Or did I you just yeah, cherish the moment? Did you not take it for granted? I think it's, if I'm honest, I didn't back myself enough. I mm -hmm. probably thought, when's this going to end? <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> so I probably thought, yeah. I can't believe I've managed to get another cap. <laughs> I can't believe I've managed to play against Italy and Holland in these incredible matches. Yeah. I probably didn't back myself enough. I probably doubted that when I would get another chance. Mm -hmm. You know, I've always had good players ahead of me. Um, I was often having to wait to a Sunday night to get a phone call because someone had withdrawn from the squad with, yeah. a, with a dubious hamstring injury <laughs> that you're not too sure about. Were you ready with the bags packed, oh, ready was, to go, or was it? <laughs> I, I was always ready. Weirdly, I was in a pub when Nigel Worthington phoned me. So had, <laughs> at 19, I had to get out quickly um, to answer the phone. But um, any other phone call, yeah, under like Nigel and um, Michael O'Neill, I was always keeping my eyes glued to Sky Sports News on a Sunday yeah. evening, Saturday evening, you'd see, oh, someone came off with 30 minutes to go, he's a striker, we're missing someone. That was often how I got into squads, mm -hmm. apart from when things were going really well for me at Rangers. Or yeah. How did the move to Rangers come about when you were younger? How did how did that come about? It was, I think it was Bomber, I think it was John Brown, who watched me for the very first time. I was playing for Northern Ireland against uh, Holland, European Championships, um, in Holland. And I'm pretty sure that's the first game mm -hmm. that, uh, that that he saw me and then he spoke to the club obviously and I think it was Dranty then came over to watch me play him for Ballam Allard first team. Yeah. I was 16 at the time. I was, I'd, I'd started to fill out, I'd started to get a bit stronger. I, was, I had played midfield and I'd moved up front. Mm -hmm. I was starting to do quite well for, the, for yeah. the first team. And I think they just saw me as a big lad who runs about and you know isn't scared of the physical. and. Um, Know, full energy and, mm -hmm. and, and I know I know Dranty came watch me a couple of times. Palomina uh, we played Palomina direction one one time he came over. And then yeah, got got sort of my mum and dad tried to keep it away from me. I think at exams in school they tried mm -hmm. not to let me know about it. And then once my exams were over they said you're going over to Rangers next week, uh, for a trial. Yeah. And that was it really. I, I literally flew over on the Sunday night, um picked up from the airport. Next minute, Sandy Jordan, who, if I'm brutally honest, I really didn't know. You know, yeah. I, I knew Rangers in terms of I supported them, mm -hmm. but I didn't know the history, and I didn't know before my time. And in my first week there, I met Sandy Jordan. I mm -hmm. met John Gregg. Yeah. And I was like, saying hello to them like they were anybody. You know, <laughs> oh, hi, how are you, John? You know, <laughs> not realizing who I'm speaking to. So yeah, that was it. I had a one-week-long trial, Monday to Friday. And on the Friday afternoon, they pulled me into the office and said, we'd like to offer you a two-year youth team contract. And I was I was just completely in shock. Mm -hmm. I actually went out for my mum. By the end of the phone call, I was in tears. I, I didn't know. I, I, was yeah. like, I was delighted. I was buzzing. But it was also like, for someone from where I'm from, it is a small town. Totally out of the blue. I'd been on yeah. trails. I'd been at Newcastle's. Uh, in Sunderland. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and teams I got there, but Stoke City, but I'd never really expected it to happen that quickly. Yeah. But obviously, I'd, I must have done enough from the trial to, to um, yeah, to get to get in there, and that was it. About four weeks later, I moved over. Easy decision, weren't you? You said that's it. I'm going. Easy, or easy. was it like waiting and? No, it was easy. I, I didn't at that time. I'd almost given up because my, my previous, my last trial before that was. Um, 
about six months before or something. So I thought mm. it had kind of ended. I thought my chances had gone, I suppose. Um, so to be, yeah. Um, but it was man- mental actually because part of the trial agreement was that my team, my club team, would come over and play a game on the Saturday. Yeah. So I got offered a contract on the Friday afternoon and all the boys came over in the stand line on the Friday yeah. night and they're all going well, how did it go? I'm like, they fought for me in two year contract. <laughs> and the boys are just in disbelief, you know, yeah. and, and so was I. Um, but unbelievable and yeah, no brainer. It was a big, big thing for me, for my family, just to move away so suddenly, but yeah. You know, certainly no regrets. Sure. Thirteen years later, I'm still here. Twelve years later, I'm still in the city, and um, no, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy. I took the the, the chance, and yeah. it's over. When you broke into the the team, you notched a couple of goals. Commandment one being the one that sticks out for everybody. I think. What was the feeling that night, banging that one? Van Bastenesque, as uh, people call it. Yeah, it was. It was a surprise to me. I think it was a more of a surprise to Walter Smith. He was about to take me off. He, was, <laughs> he, he genuinely was. He, uh, I think I was playing right mid that night, and um, we weren't. I wasn't playing well. We weren't playing well. As Rangers fans know, more recently, Kilmarnock mm. away is not easy. Tough. And um, it was a horrible. I think it was night game, night fixture. Yeah. Cold, just horrible night down there, windy. Mm-hmm. I was wasn't playing well, and. Um, Aye, it's just a big long ball. I can remember I've watched it a few times. <laughs> and, uh, and a big long ball from Moadu, I think, and Stevie Naismith, as he always does. Jump, out jumps someone, he should mm. never out jump, and aye. flicks it on to me. Um, and I just had a lash at it and passed Cammy Bell. And, but genuinely, at the at, the, at half time, <laughs> in typical, what, I can't, I don't know how to swear. Aye, aye, aye. go for it, you're, you're free to go, man. <laughs> you're free to go. Goes at half time. When he was kind of angry, he used to look at sometimes not stare at you, he'd just mm. like look down. And it wasn't like just looking down because he was disappointed. Yeah. And you felt when he looked at the floor, you're like, oh no, <laughs> we've let him down. Yeah. That's how the players, because mm. if a manager was looking at the floor, generally, I would think that's you need to have a, you need give, give the boys your, yeah. your eyes, like give them your presence. But with Walter Smith, when he looked at the floor, you went, oh shit, <laughs> here we go. And he, he genuinely was looking at the floor, kicking his shoes, and he looked up at me and he went, Something along the line. I can't remember word for word. I was like, thank fuck that hit the back of the neck because you're coming off. <laughs> <laughs> and then he never praised me. Like I never uh, had any praise for the goal. I think I think uh, McCoy said something a couple of days later. Like, where, where'd that come from or something? Uh, uh, but Walters, I, I think I came off with about twenty minutes to go, and he said it again to me. He goes, "You're lucky you scored there or something." <laughs> Just tough love. That was. Really uh, it was a wee bit of tough love, uh, really. What was it like being in that environment with the players that were there at that time? Because it was a pretty strong Rangers team. They were going for the, the titles well. Eh? What was it like being in and around that? I think when you come through the youth, you're, you're just drilled. It's drilled in you. That's how you're supposed to act. This mm-hmm. is how you need to be if you want to be a, 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 yeah. a first-team footballer at Rangers. And, um, so I think it's drilled in you. And I think you, you, take it in your, you almost do take it in your stride. You're mm-hmm. just like drilled from that age to grow into the first team and you do you're obviously looking around you're seeing these boys really looking after themselves Davy Weir Steve Davis Stephen Naismith top pros and you do see how it's done Carlos Bocanegra these kind of real internationals that are around the game but at the same time I think you just take it in your stride and you don't really think but now when I look back on it I I realise what what it was involved in Mm. how fortunate like what a great time that was for the club yeah um you know, and I was able to be 
in amongst that group of boys. Like, and I looked up to them. Obviously, there was the likes of Healy was there, Davis was there, Lafferty was there, Roy Carroll was there briefly. And these are the Northern Ireland boys that I knew of and looked up to. But then also you had top top professional. Yeah. Like Kichi Yelovich and these kind of boys that were signed to the club and I think you're in awe of them at the start and then you realise that and that was a trait that Walter Smith had he signed good mm-hmm. lads he didn't yeah. sign Marshalls we didn't have any we didn't have bad, any bad eggs you would no yeah. acid as people call it in football no acid in the change room and um, they were all a really good group and so for that reason after about two sessions you felt comfortable around mm-hmm. them and uh, I guess the best 100% the best part of my best time of my life best part of my career just to just to be involved with those kind of players. Yeah. Was it always tough love with Smith, or was it some things that they put arm around you, or was it always just? No, he. You would. He would always pull a couple of players a session, mm-hmm. and it would generally be the more experienced players in the squad. Yeah. I think that's what he liked. He liked to have leaders. He liked mm-hmm. to have your Davy Weirs, Griggsy, yeah. Davis, Chris Boyd, your spine, your team. Mm-hmm. He liked those players to be experienced and be able to control the game. Yeah. You never really saw him balling. You know, no. we'd often sit up in the director's box and oversee, mm-hmm. phone down to the phone down to the office, swearing <laughs> down the phone to like Jim Stewart or Jante and they uh-huh. had the neck. But so he he wasn't really vocal no until genuinely until first an hour and a half before the game he would name the team mm-hmm. and he would say a wee bit. Yep. And then ten minutes before and ten minutes before it was just, you know, see the white of your eyes, that was it. Like mm-hmm. you knew you had to be at it and just he just got as soon as he walked. Everyone says as soon as he walked into the room, everyone would shut up. Mm-hmm. You know, he just got complete um, respect, a bit yeah. like what Stephen Jared has now. I think. Yeah, yeah. He seems to have that aura about him. Yeah, walks into the room, players go, "Shit, here he is. Mm-hmm. Better listen." Yeah. And whatever he tells me, I'll do. And I won't consider, I won't question it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what he had. So, oh, he, he'd speak to me, speak to me the odd time, but it wasn't. It was. He was he was one of the old school, you know. He felt you need to earn your place here. Yeah, definitely. I think he liked me because I had a good attitude, and mm. I would do whatever I was told, and I would run around, <laughs> and I would, you'd not get you wouldn't get any shit off me. And I yeah. think that's what that served me well under Walter Smith, certainly. Um, but uh, unbelievable, just to, to I've seen him a few times since to be able to go up to him and say hello, and he knows mm. me. I, I, you know, I feel like I feel like it's crazy, but um, great great man, absolute legend. What was it like the build up in the week to your debut? Did you know that you were going to make your debut before, or was it just like any other week? Uh, it was, well, I made my debut for Rangers St Mirren, semi final of the Scottish Cup um, at Hamden. Yeah. And um, I think we were winning 3 0 or something. So it was it was an easy debut, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. We were comfortable. Um, I knew I'd been getting close to getting a chance. Mm-hmm. I'd been training with the first team for at least eight months at that point, probably. Um, and I knew I was gonna just waiting for a chance, yeah. And it, yeah. Was, it was an easy one for them to throw me in, uh, but it was still again talking about debuts. Come on for David Healy at Windsor Park, come on for Chris Boyd at, at Hamden in the Scottish Cup semi final. You yeah. know, those are really precious, precious moments for me. Like, what about your first start? What was the, the feelings about the first start you got for Rangers? First start was old firm, wasn't it? Was it? I think it was. Uh, right back, if I'm, if I'm right, is it right back? I think that's the way it is, isn't it? That's mm-hmm. why it's so funny. 12 minutes later, I'm, I'm the hamstring gone. <laughs> that was a sign of things to come, I should have just said that all day and packed the bags and gone home. Not a chance, man. Uh, shit, that was every emotion you can imagine. Mm-hmm. 
That was, that was our first start. Do you want at Hearts at right back? Do you yep. want at Aberdeen? Sorry. Um, at home to Aberdeen, I think the week before, and I played right back. Yeah. I was up against Charlie Mugley, I did a real good job, and I knew, like, I was sort of in with a shout, I'd been doing really well. Mm-hmm. Sandy Jordan, who first saw me, he said yeah. he, should play, he should play right back. Play right back. Because I was actually getting released mm-hmm. until they saw me at right back. Mm-hmm. Um, at the age of, like, 19. He said, give him a chance at right back, played right back, did well. Sandy Jordan says, give him, give him another year. Mm-hmm. Tommy Olsen as well, he, he departed to play. So I knew it was, I'd played a bit there, I think it was strange to everyone else, but they hadn't seen me playing yeah, sort of yeah, yeah. and what have you, at right back. Um, but I, honestly, my hamstring went after two seconds. <laughs> did it? Wasn't even, it wasn't even honestly? 12 minutes, it was two seconds. What was it? It was the first ball, and I think they probably did it deliberately, they probably saw me, Jesus, here's this 19, 20, whatever it was, in at right back. Hasn't really played there, and the first thing, I think it was Scott Brown, just bombed a ball down my head. Mm-hmm. The Chinese fella, Chad Uri, maybe, or something like that, was that the winger? East winger came came like at me to challenge. Mm-hmm. I was like first header. I'm not losing this. And yeah. I gave everything. Pop <laughs> <laughs> my The way back. Did, was it the way back down or was it the way up? I just felt. I was it on impact. To get it. I, was, I was like tra- stretching to get it. I didn't want to lose that first header. Jeez, and uh, I was like, oh, no, I felt my up. What's that? And I think no, it's probably just a bit of nerves or crap uh, or something. So I jogged on. Celtic Dominator Maloney, Sean Maloney then came at me somehow. I think he came over from the right wing to the left wing just to get at me and yeah. he paced me a couple of times which I wouldn't normally get paced and they just said David Weir after about five mm-hmm. minutes goes David, I think I've done me. Yeah. I can't run. So what word got across to the bench and they were like, right. So they put someone in it right back and they put me up front mm-hmm. just to Aye, actually play well up front. Had a couple of nice few touches there. You think that's it? And I'm like, maybe Sammy's alright, maybe I can just couldn't just a total nightmare. Yeah. Complete and utter nightmare. I was in tears. Absolute worst worst experience feeling ever. We thankfully won the game, one two one. Ken Miller and scored two. But uh, Did you feel that was it after that? You were get would you get another chance? What was the general thoughts going through your head? Because it's a big moment, isn't it? To to sit back and as you said you were in tears as well after it, so I think, see, at the end of the day, after no firm, no, only everyone just cares about the result. The result. People probably forgot about my mm-hmm. whatever happened to me immediately. Yeah. You know, and, and that's fine. Um, but with me, I think I'd had a few injuries by that stage. I knew mm-hmm. how to deal with it. Yeah. And uh, six six weeks later, four four six weeks later, I was back in training. And I, no, they didn't. I think, I think if at the end of the day, if Walter Smith thought it was good enough for that game, he's not yep. going to just ball me out because I had an yeah, injury. Definitely. So thankfully, he was good to me, and he, he kept me involved. Let's fast forward it then. First old fun goal. Talk us through that. What was the, the feelings like? You were on the pitch a matter of seconds. Uh, and it's real. dropped in nicely and you've just slid it in the corner. When most of the people are probably thinking smash it. Uh, just and you've just had the composure to go and slide it in. What was that like? That must have been Yeah. Whoa. Crazy. Um Madness at the club at that time. Mm. February, that happened in big March. game, eh? Very big that game. Happened in March, mm-hmm. and, and administration was February 14th, Valentine's yep. Day. And uh, there's just turmoil in the club, it's mental. Our pictures, we're getting photographed in and out of training. There's talk, all this stuff in the papers, madness around the club. And then obviously that game came along, so there's loads of publicity around it. Mm-hmm. Celtic come in the league that day at Ibrox, so yep. we're like, Jesus, no way, this can't happen. And boys are brilliant. You know, we won the lot, I think, with about maybe half an hour to go when I came on. And I whipped, whipped it in, Lafferty missed one, Wallace missed one, and dropped to me. And 
couldn't really have missed it. I did my best to miss it. And big Fraser Foster got a touch on it, but I can't tell you what the feeling was like because it, it's it's a blur now. Yeah. Um, I think I pretty quickly realised again just by coincidence my whole family were over. Mm. My mum and dad, came, my dad would often come over in the ferry in the morning yeah. to keep the games when he knew I was getting involved. But yeah. for this weekend, they decided to come over because it was all firm, mm. etc. My brother was up from London. He used to go to a Rangers supporters club in London, like local club, just to watch yeah. the games on a Sunday morning. But this one he'd actually come up for, and next one I come on and score. So <laughs> oh, what a feeling for me! Like my family was so important to me that. Alright, that's a massive thing for someone, but for me to have my family there watching was just mental. So I think they help me. Because sometimes after games you do something class, and then you go home to your flat and you're by yourself. <laughs> you're checking Twitter and you're like, alright, mm. I did well, that's good. But no one gives you the. You don't, not that you, you don't want too much praise, you don't want too much of that because it'll go to your head. But see, for me to have my own family go out for me that night, yeah. and they'll be like, do you know what we've just done? Do you know what I mean? And it's like. Cloud nine. Uh, what a day. I can I can remember that after the game I can remember all of that so clearly and just trying to enjoy the moment because you know, there's plenty of shit to come in the next few years for the club. Absolutely. There um was a build up in that one different because of what was going on at the club to the one that you made your debut in, like the build up to the old firm. It's pretty cha- chaos anyway. But what what was the build up like? What was the, the week ahead that it, it, it was chaos. Every day of training we didn't know a time. We used to start training at half time without without fail. You'd mm-hmm. be on the bikes for quarter past ten. Yeah. You get fined if you're late. You're on the bikes quarter past ten, you're out from the pitch for half past ten. Train for an hour and a half, an hour and forty five. That was you knew what was happening. From the day that administration happened, we didn't have a clue. We were mm-hmm. coming in and even the the manager didn't have a clue. You know, we're sitting there going, right, the administrators are coming in, they want to chat to you. Greg White's coming in, he wants to chat to you. All these boys, when are we training? Uh-huh. You know, like, none of us knew anything about it. And it was total chaos. So, yeah, the build up the game, I don't, I don't remember much other than maybe at that stage, I think we'd. The chaos of meetings and talking about these things and mm-hmm. haircuts and things that we didn't really understand had kind yeah. of subsided. And I think they did. I think the manager said, like, I want three or four days and none of this mm-hmm. shit I want to concentrate on the game yeah. and we did our usual we stayed in the hotel nice big hotel before the game etc so no the, the build up was as normal but there was definitely a real I think all that you know those times of adversity all that shit mm-hmm. draws people together draws yeah. teams together and there's no doubt like you know, we all agreed to take pay cuts everyone felt like they were doing a bit for the club and then when that game came round we knew well okay the league's gone let's be honest but the worst thing we can do to Rangers fans is let them see their opposition or their rivals pick up the trophy yeah. you know and it was in a strange thing a strange way it was a real special moment to be a part of just to, mm-hmm. just to not let them have their day if you know what I mean definitely Does, uh, what about the, the season that was coming was it an easy decision to make to stay so I think a lot of people just thought everybody's just going to go or was it easy for you to turn around and say, I'm, I'm going to stay, I'm going to be part of this journey? I think um, the last day was weird. We played, Cup, we played St. Johnson away. No, I think we won. Four. Was it four now? We won constantly. I think scored a couple, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Came on the last half an hour and came back in the dress rooms and boys were just shaking hands going, right, mm-hmm. see you, pal. All the best. Right, works okay. But I wasn't as if... I'm not meaning that as in boys were... Yeah, know, yeah. It was because boys didn't know. Didn't know it was like your last day of primary school. Yeah. Not knowing what secondary school you're going to or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And boys were like, I don't know if I'll see you in a month or six weeks or if I'll never see... I've never... Some players there I've never seen again in my life. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. see you, bye. <laughs> but for me... Um, for me, 
I think they spoke to us all basically and said like give us time, bear with us, let us get this sorted and I had no plans to go anywhere because I felt like I'd finally got in there. Even yep. playing that last game, mm. it was a, you know, a big day, I suppose, crazy day, press was there and all of that game. Mm. So I felt very much a part of the squad at that point. I felt yeah. like I'd, I'd become a first team player before we went down the mm -hmm. leagues, if you know what I mean. So I felt like I've just worked for six years to get myself into this team. There's no yep. way I'm going now when I will actually have a better chance of playing every single week. Mm. So I don't blame anyone for going because you've got to look after yourselves. But for me to look after myself actually made sense almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just didn't, I just didn't want to go. I don't think I ever would have left the club unless I'd been like you know released as as, as what happened, which is mm -hmm. fine. But uh, I, I don't blame any of those boys at all. I think you have to get families to look after. You've got international careers to look after. Yeah. And um, as we've seen, a couple of them have come back and. And they're doing their bit for the club now again, like they never wanted to go. So, mm -hmm. um, for me, it, it made sense, and I was delighted to be to be still be there, breaking away six weeks later. Brilliant, eh? What a day! <laughs> mm -hmm. It was a uh, did you the hedge. a silly thing to ask, but did you expect the support to be as big as it, it still was, even though when they were in the Premier League? Did you expect the uh, the weird thing for me was I'd been at reserve games. Yeah, we've got fifty people there. Mm -hmm. Breaking away, you know, that yeah, yeah. Because Aberdeen played their away game, their reserve games there, mm -hmm. so I played there a few times. Never seen 4,000 or whatever it was. Tightly, four, five, six, seven. Packed in. Media, Chinese, <laughs> Japanese, American media outlets as we get off the yeah. bus at And it's just. It's insane. So that was, that took us by surprise, took everyone by surprise. Mm -hmm. um, but it was the same old Rangers, it was the same fans, it was everything was the same. It was just. Instead of having these games in the lower lower stages of cups, mm -hmm. which Rangers, as we see, you know, yeah. Cowden Beats and etc., you've got to go and play these games mm -hmm. as a Rangers player. But instead of having it once every couple of months, you're yeah. having it every other Saturday. That took a lot of getting used to. Yeah. As you can see, the results were poor at times. But for me, I'd been there many a time. I just thought this is brilliant. I'm going mm -hmm. there and there's 4,000 fans and I'm getting the start games instead of sitting on the bench. Yeah. Scored. Scored. A few minutes in. Four minutes. Yeah, four minutes in, bang. First goal in the history. Big Jig played me in. Um, it was. Um, Big Jig played me in and I, nice, just came on to me nice. And I'd only trained about three days because mm. I, I, I was always signing, but I'd, I'd taken a while about getting about it because I'm just trying to sort out, I think it was with the contracts changing yeah. and stuff, it's rubbish. But, you know, I just. I think I went in and trained, I hadn't even signed the contract actually at that point, but mm. I trained, I'd only trained three days. Yeah. Felt unfit as, but got a chance and aye, nice, nice to get, you know, the goal to get us going back up the leagues again. What about the, that season, your top goal scorer? You picked up top goal scorer, he's won the league comfortably. I was at a game, in fact I went to every game to be honest with you. Um, and it was used against Annan. My old boy Chappie just took over at Annan at Ibrooks. They'd beat you. On one hand, I'm happy for my old boy. The second one, gutted yeah. Rangers got beat and you'd scored. Um, and it was, a, it was a bit of a surreal moment, to be honest with you. Um, but what was it like playing? Five, no, two. Two, two one, I think. They beat you. They beat Rangers, sorry, you. They beat Rangers at uh, Ibrooks, two one. 
Oh, sorry. No, first game. No, their I think it was their second game. Right, okay. It was your second game in charge, Annan, and they came to Ibrox, and uh, and it was like, oh fuck, Aye. fuck. But I think it reminded you of where you were and what was coming, and I don't think the league was ever in doubt. To be perfectly honest with you, but it was a uh, yeah, no, no, not a chance. But oh, like, see at the end of the day, you see, you see those games, those you know, um, giant killing matches. Mm -hmm. You see them all the time, and. The FA Cup, the Scottish Cup, you see it all the time. Yeah. If you're going to have 20 of them throughout the season, oh, you're going to have upsets. Yeah. And, but Rangers fans expect, expect what they should, what they mm -hmm. rightfully expect. They expect you to go and win every game, they expect you to go and rule over teams, I guess. The hard bit about all that league was to get yourself up for it every single week. That was yeah. the hard bit. Because you knew that the teams coming to you were up for it. Mm -hmm. the biggest game of their lives, a lot of them. Big days out, boys were booking out the hospitality so their families would come and watch them play at Ibrox. Yeah. And we were having to deal with that. We should never have been beaten at Ibrox ever, I don't think. Because that should get you up for games. But I can understand why I think Sterling Albion beat them 1-0 once mm. I went to because I was injured, but I went, I went and watched it. And I think we drew one all at Sterling Albion. I can understand those games because yeah. it will be slip-ups. We should never be beaten at Ibrox. You know, so that was disappointing. It was... It's one of those days when I'm telling you, you go home to your flat and you're on, you're on your uh, own, you're quite happy to be on your own. Nah, you don't want to talk to anyone. You don't want to either talk to anyone or bring anyone down to how you're feeling. Nah, definitely. What was the the feeling around you picked up a bad injury the second season? Um, your cheek and your eye, what, what was that feeling like? So I was at that game and I seen it and I thought, oh, that's, a, that's not just a clash of heads, that's a bad one. Sure. Ah, uh, well, <laughs> I, I can that imagine was that was a... It doesn't feel like getting hit with a Moldmaster, does it? It was totally... I felt sick immediately, so I knew I'd broken a bone. I'd never broken a bone until that point. I knew I'd done something bad, so I laced it. But I was done Furman, I think, wasn't it? Furman. Ibrox, we left back, him flying across out of nowhere. He had a big big nut on him. Top of his head just caught me square in the cheekbone. And actually, what happened about five minutes before, a ball had come in, and I'd tried to flick my head of it. To go to score, but I hadn't got enough contact on it. Yeah. Big Jig had had a go at me, as me and him often fell out. Uh, like, he goes, bend your head through that. You know, he goes, <laughs> next one, make sure you're on. So the next ball came in identical five minutes uh, later, and I'm going right. I'm going to see this. I'm going as far as I can move my head, I'm flick this and score. As I flick my head around, the boy comes straight across, blindsided me, and just caught me perfect. And, Right, that was, that was the start of like a number of bad ones I had, I suppose. Yeah. Um, club were brilliant, you know, looked after me. Uh, yeah, a couple of four metal plates put in. Uh, I was back playing about six weeks later. So. Yeah. Did you feel at that point you were going to go in the run that you had this season before because you were scoring for fun? You were banging them in and you were in good form. Did you feel that that was coming? I don't like, I don't like to. So it, would, it would depress me if I said that. If I, if I thought about this too much, but I mm -hmm. think if things like that hadn't happened, I'd I would have still stayed at the club yeah. at the end of that season. No mm -hmm. doubt, like you know, I think it would have. I think I had enough in me. I was getting better and better. I was getting more, more confident. That was the thing that yeah. I needed. I needed confidence. But coming to top goal scorer at the club, winning that Sam English bowling, going up on the stage at the end of the, stadium, mm -hmm. the, end of the season, that gave me an unbelievable amount of confidence. And then for that to happen so early the next season, that just knocked the stuffing out of me a bit. Yeah. We've got the boys come in, Nicky Clark, John Daly, um, Big Jig was playing up top at times, Dean Shields was signed. We had a lot more options in that mm -hmm. second season, I didn't play as much. Yeah. Um, I did play, but I didn't get mad. I wasn't the main man anymore. Yeah. Uh, 
And the season came and that was me. So it, it did happen a bit, a bit suddenly for my liking. Mm -hmm. But you have to you, you, you always expected that. I always expected that that was around the corner. Yeah. I, just, I never felt comfortable. I never felt and, and so you, you know you should never feel comfortable. Yeah. Because you know, even you look at this season, Jermaine Defoe comes in, he's not gonna make Morelos comfortable. Because Morales is going to go, shit, I need to continue this run that yeah. goes all the way down out of the team. Definitely. I need that, I need that pressure. A bit of competition running about you. Aye, 100%. Keeps you going. Does, um, what was it like dealing with McCoyce in terms of, there's obviously a massive difference in characters between him and Smith. What was it like having him as manager? It was fun, it was good fun. I think, to be fair, I know some Rangers fans will say, you, should, you know, League 2, League, league 1 coming up. Wasn't good enough at times. Mm. No, no, was I. At the same time, uh, so it's it was totally different, and I think McCoyce was exactly the right man for it. Yeah, given all the off-field turmoil, that mm. he, had, he was brilliant. You know, he, he knew how to conduct himself in interviews. He knew, knew how to shut media up when, when necessary. He knew how to take the blame for bad performances. Mm. Um, he was brilliant. He was. He was brilliant no, with me, it's, made me feel, it's it's the, made me feel you know, confident and he gave me the confidence to go and be a Rangers striker with you, as he yeah. well knows, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. goals and 500 odd appearances, like you know, it's, he was a perfect man for me definitely, um, although he let me go. good fun, and I think he was, he did a tough gig, put it that way. Mm. What was the thinking behind when you left Rangers? What was the... Oh, I was devastated. Yeah. Total shock. Played last game of the season. Um, which I wasn't even going to be in the squad for. Yeah. Because I'd had a wee thigh strain. Story of my life. And uh, on the Friday the team sheet went up. And I went and spoke to them and I said, listen, I'm fine. I've trained this week. I can mm -hmm. play. And I basically said, if this is, I just had a feeling because they yeah. told me I was getting a meeting on the Tuesday. Yeah. And I was like, if I was getting a new contract here, they'd have spoke to me before the end of the season. Mm. It's easier to call the boys in three days after the season ends uh. and give them the bad news, and there's mm. nobody about. So I had a feeling, and I says, Gaffer, I've trained all week. I'm fine. If this is going to be my last game, mm. I want to play. Oh, if this is going to be the last game I'm involved, then I want to play. Yeah. Like, please put me in the squad. Sure enough, he says no bother. Bring your stuff. So I turned up the next day when it done firm in the way, and um, he brought me home in about half an hour to go. I think barely run. I was not fit. I wasn't fit at all. I shouldn't be playing. And um, weirdly, I came on against a right mid. I came on against the left back who put the nut on me at the start of the season. And I, he, he said he apologised. I was like, well, I think you've just got me released. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I accepted his apology. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, two days later, called me in for a meeting with there'll be three or four other players, and he explained it. He says, "I'd love to keep you. I want to keep you, but I don't have the budget." Mm -hmm. He says, "I want to bring in two big strikers, two big, big players. Mm -hmm. um, we're far down the line with them, and we need your we need your wage to go towards that." Well, fine. I thanked them and walked out. And a week later, Chris Boyd signed. A few weeks later, Kenny Miller signed. Yeah. So, despite being gutted and you know absolutely shocked and whatever, I kind of went. Do you know what? If you're going to be replaced by anyone, a range of football club, Kenny Miller and Chris Boyd, you can't complain. Yeah, a couple of legends, eh? So that's that's part and parcel of being there. Probably like that. If you've won bad season as a striker, and scored six goals or something, it wasn't terrible, but mm. was injured and what have you. If you're not up to it, you're going to get replaced. And yeah, it's fine.
Did you find your feet quite quickly after leaving, or did it take you a wee while to get going again? Um, I suppose it was, exi- it was exciting in a way, you know, mm. try something different. Yeah. I was nearly going to New Zealand. Right, okay. Uh, that would have been different, eh? <laughs> Wellington Phoenix. Spoke to them. Spoke to clubs in America. And then my agent, Colin Murdoch. Uh, he's close links at Preston. He played there. Got me a two-year contract, which was a really good deal for me mm-hmm. as well. So that was that. Went there. Don't like to discuss my two years in Preston because it wasn't much fun for me. It was alright. First season was good. Started really well. Got injured. Uh, went and played playing for Northern Ireland. Got injured again. Another injury. Saw specialists. Did everything I could to try and change things. And mm-hmm. Probably tried too much. I tried insoles, I tried yeah. shields, I tried all this fancy stuff. Probably just needed to stick to what I'd done for all that time. Yeah. Um, Preston was different. We got promoted to the championship. Unbelievable. And uh, if I'm honest, two years later I couldn't wait to come back to Scotland. Mm-hmm. I couldn't wait to come back to Glasgow. Yeah. What was it like playing with Joe Garner? Garner? Yeah, I think a bit of a raw deal at Rangers, to be honest with you. I think you should have been given a bit more of a chance. but. Well, what was it like? I'm honest, I'm honest with, with boys like Garns, I love him to bits, he's a brilliant lad, and he give you absolutely mm-hmm. everything as a Rangers fan stuck to him and saw that. Yeah. You know, Garns lived a lot of the time, he, he lived near Preston, that's yeah. from. He did a lot of travelling up and down the road. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think he had a lot more to offer, but at the same time, I don't. I think he was ready to move back down mm-hmm. south. You know, and yeah. Some players take to Scotland, and mm-hmm. that's them, and they'll stay here, and that'll be them settled. I don't think, in fairness, I don't think Arnold settled, and yeah. I don't think that was for, it was for him. Um, so, you know, as a lad and as a player of Preston, he was brilliant, you know, and as soon as he, he, he texted me to say, he texted me about a week before he signed, it was even longer, it was a few weeks before, and I, I just... I was so excited for him. Like, yeah. I was buzzing. This is bad. You have to do it. Mm-hmm. You've never seen anything like it. Plus, yeah. Preston would get 12,000, 15,000 maybe. Um, middle, middle championship club. Fine. But mm-hmm. I said, you haven't seen anything like this. Yeah. Wait till you come here. Sure enough, he did. And he loved it. I know, I know he loved enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. But he never moved. He, you, need, you need to invest your own life in Rangers. Yeah. If you want to play for this club, you have to move and sacrifice everything and mm. be committed and I don't think he was if I'm honest yeah but a shame eh yeah a shame. Uh, he was certainly good enough he was certainly good enough well he certainly had something to give the club mm. um, I think all the under Warburton were playing a football that didn't suit him yeah we played under Simon Grayson at Preston and Garner was the focal point you know mm. we played at them we played crosses in the box and he got the end of everything and um, big diags you know Warburton didn't do any of that it yeah. didn't suit him did you play in the game he scored that volley? was it Warburton or Casino? was it Casino actually? Warburton brought him in didn't he? Casino, yeah know. but no neither of them really played to his strengths nah. When they started getting the crosses in the box, he started scoring goals, though, right, which did. was impressive. And then yeah. all of a sudden he was gone, and you're yeah. like, what happened there? Yeah, I, I think that the team was really at a, didn't have an identity at that point. Yeah, it? And it was about everything, wasn't it? It was about a mismatch thrown together. There's been plenty of players that it just hasn't worked out properly. Yeah. Probably, and he was probably one of them. A shame, it's a real shame. We'll cut you, I don't mean to cut your playing career short here, but we'll go into after playing, you went into coaching for a while, yeah. while you were still playing, how did the coaching come about for you and any plans to go back to it? I know you've, you've put it in the shelf now, but... Yeah, um, coaching was 
we back up from press and I went and trained at Bradford City actually mm. and uh, pulled my hamstring three days in. I, was out, I knew it was out for three months. Yeah. So packed my car up and genuinely moved the next day. Mm. And I just left England. I was just so fed up with football. Yeah. Moved back up to Scotland, moved to Glasgow, moved in with my big mate Ross Perry. Started training at, at Rangers. Stevie Walker, the physio and the doctor just looked after me like mm. I was a player. Yeah. And um, while I was doing it, they said, listen, you need to be working. What are you going to do? Mm. So I started working with community coaching. Um, just going around the schools, going around youth clubs. Yeah. Uh, just for a bit of money, basically, while I was trying to get fit. Mm. Then I was in a part of Thistle training for about six weeks. Couldn't really get fit. Continued the coaching. And that was kind of how it happened. I suppose it happened out of necessity for a job yeah. if you want to be but also the chance to, to coach at Rangers was, mm. was good um, Simon Stern Albion and then I had a bit of a bad head injury and at that point about three months later I spoke to the Rangers and they said we can offer you sort of more of a role mm -hmm. uh, football clearly was a hard time thing at that point yeah yeah uh, but the biggest problem for me was my health. I was getting bad headaches mm. for a long time. I still do. Yeah. And just as it is, just as to be a first team player at Rangers, to be a coach at under tens, under elevens, under whatever it is, yeah. you have to be committed, and you can't phone up on a Monday like I had to do a few times and yeah. say I've got a headache. I can't coach tonight. Mm -hmm. So I felt like I wasn't um, wasn't ready for it, kind of because of that. Uh, and they've been brilliant with me and, and if I'm honest I just don't know if it's exactly what I want to do just yet yeah, uh, yeah. again if you want to be a coach at Rangers you have to be the best of the best and you have to be completely committed and mm -hmm. I'm not sure if I'm there yet so yeah. I've, I've put it on the shelf you know, as you say for now but again the club's been brilliant with me they've just said if, you're, if you feel if you feel it's for you, you're, mm -hmm. you there's, a, there's a role here for you in some capacity. Yeah. But I like the I like the fact the club's going down that route. You know, you've got Lavin Cranch, you've got Ryan Gilmore, Vignal, mm -hmm. um, uh, Big Stevie Wright, uh, Peter McDonald, and then a couple of Kevin Thompsons there. Right? There's ah, Thompson, yeah. And it's brilliant. You know, mm -hmm. that's exactly what you have to teach them from eight years old. Yeah. What it means to be at this club and what is expected of you. Definitely. And, uh, that was something. That, that was something that grabbed me. That's something I would love to do, but I'm just maybe not ready for it just yet. Yeah, you spoke about the going home Saturday nights after the game, yourself and stuff. What, what did you do away for football when you were playing? And the media circus and the carnage of Rangers was was round about you. What was life like away for football for you? How did you relax? How did you unwind? Um, I was played a lot of golf. I suppose a lot of boys do. They were not Play a bit of golf. Um, it's hard. It's hard to not caught up on it all. Mm -hmm. like you do just have to open your phone. And you'll see someone slagging you. And you'll see someone saying <laughs> yeah. you're the best thing in sliced bread. Yeah. It's just trying to keep the head on it. Mm -hmm. um, I feel for a lot of boys, you can't control it. Can't yeah. handle it. I was able to handle it. I think mm -hmm. I had my down moments, obviously, like everyone does. How did I handle it? If I got injured, I would. I would sit in my flat. I would go into training. I'd come home. I'd play the mm -hmm. PlayStation. And I'd go to bed yeah. and I'd watch a box set and I just took myself away from life for mm. the whole period I was injured. Yeah. Because I hated it. I hated having to tell people I was injured. Yeah, yeah. I, hated, I hated the fact that you come in and the boys went, oh, how are you today? I'm like, well, I'm, how I was yesterday, bar one day. So <laughs> yeah. I'm real fed up with it, you know. But, yeah. Um, 
takes its toll on the mental side as well. Eh? It's so tough. Like, uh, there's plenty of rewards, and you shouldn't feel sorry for footballers. Mm -hmm. You've got to deal with a lot of shit, and it's, it's in your head. It's mm -hmm. nothing to do with tough times or hard work. Yeah. Really, it's just dealing with shit in your head. And I, I, I was okay with it. I struggled at times, but it was okay. But um, I have just let go. Um, I lived with my best mate from from Ballymallow, who I played football with. Yeah. Six years old, he was at Union Glasgow. Yeah, class. That was brilliant. So mm. I lived with him for five and a half years. Brilliant. Um, Crawford and his dad was my football coach for nine years at Ballymallow. Big so influence on you then? I, I like, had so much respect for him. Yeah. So it almost felt like. Oh, I know who you're talking about. I know his brother. Ali? Yeah, you know I coached Ali at Glasgow Uni, aye, Ali's a good yeah, yeah. kid, aye. Yeah. Just yeah. when you say his name and then John, I met John. John came down to uni one night and uh, met his John's He's a good a guy. Coach, like, as I say, yeah, yeah. took me from the ages. So I think that's the important thing. This is what I'm saying about the Rangers coaches now. Mm -hmm. You have to have good people in there. Yeah. Teaching them the right things. And John, yeah. big Rangers man, Bama Mallard man. He taught us the right habits, even mm. though we were a tiny wee local club, he taught yeah. us the right things and how we needed to act yeah. to become a professional footballer. Mm. So I have a lot of respect for John, but I almost felt like Crawford was my best mate, but he was also like, uh, he'd be t as like, if I wasn't doing things right, he'd probably be telling John, <laughs> his dad, and he'd be disappointed in me, yeah, so yeah. I, you know, I felt like... Extra always, pressure. Uh, I was always pretty <laughs> professional. Um, it was tough. The world out of football is tough, you know. Yeah. You've so much downtime. You know, hence why boys get into gambling, boys get into drinking, boys get into yeah. uh, um, things that end up in the front pages of the papers instead of the back pages. Yeah. But I can speak. I can only speak for Rangers Football Club and myself. We've started up a football agency. Yeah. I won't help people with that, and I know Rangers help their young boys now mm -hmm. unbelievably well. So much better than 12 years ago when I went in there. Yeah. You know, I, there was none of this. You know, they've got private tutors coming now. Mm -hmm. Make sure the boys leave with an education at least if they don't make it. Yeah. And uh, look after their mental health. Speak to psychologists. Look, teach them how to cook. You know, mm -hmm. life Aye. lessons. Yeah, definitely. Um, the club is in a far better place now, but. Yeah. I, I think managing your downtime is as much as an important thing as being a footballer is the 90 minutes on the pitch on yeah, Saturday. Definitely. You, t you just briefly touched on the, the agency stuff there. How did that come about? What's yeah. What's happening with that? Um, early stages. We approached through a, a friend who used to be playing on the youth team with, mm -hmm. Rangers. His cousin's a lawyer. Yeah. Um, and he put me in touch with, or sorry, we met up the, the two lawyers and, and myself about a year and a half ago now. Mm. And I was part time at that point with Sterling Albion. And we discussed it and uh, they wanted to set up an agency. And they wanted uh, someone who played the game yeah. to be in there as a kind of liaison, if you want to say. Someone just to chat to players, yeah, yeah. get players, etc. So that's what it is. I was set it up now. With, We've uh, Pro Revolution Sports is the is the company PRS and sort of got the minute we just sign another Mike you know, sign another player I'll not say his name actually <laughs> nah don't, no, don't say it no, sign another player last night nah bro things are going things are starting Good. to go now we really said from January this year we'll kick on yeah because I've retired I can give give him time to it now yeah yeah um, no I'm buzzing about it I really want to I really really want to get into the young. I want to look after the young man, you know, yeah, the young because yeah, yeah. I've seen so many bad stories, I've seen yeah. so many boys that fall the right by the way. So yeah. The best best examples, uh recommended Rangers, there was a boy that was way ahead of everyone, doing really well, brilliant. Mm -hmm. Me and man. And I was buying average, I was bottom of the, yeah. the squad probably yeah. at that time. 
two years later, I've signed a reserve team contract. He's been released. He'd started to hang about the wrong people. Yeah. And I've leased a Mercedes C-Class. Mm-hmm. A nice car. I'm starting to get myself going. Mm-hmm. And I drove through a car wash. And I went to pay. And I looked out the window and it was that lad. Yeah. And my heart, I was like, I didn't know where to look. I mm-hmm. felt as awkward as hell. And I just thought, you know, that's wrong. Mm-hmm. He's been the main man at Rangers. He's been an unbelievable player yeah. from the age of six. And he's within a few months of getting released. He's, uh, um, you know, everyone's got work. I know, yeah, I know, yeah. I know that now myself. Yep. But I felt that's completely wrong. How can you go from, you know, the next big thing in football to not playing football and, and having to... You know, I, I just felt really awkward. Yeah, because yeah. I just didn't know where to look, so... For me, the agency, that's a big motivation for me. Definitely. To take look care of Yeah, take care of And if they don't make it, chances are we sign, we get 10 young lads from Rangers or Celtic or any of the, any of the top clubs in Scotland. Mm-hmm. There's a fair chance that a small percentage of them will make it, but if anything, at least if we can look after those other boys who don't make it and have them on the right path to a job or education or whatever, that's... Yeah. So that's our focus is, is youth and looking after the young boys that are coming through, but also we've we want to try and get some decent decent players around Scotland really. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> right. stages, but I'm sort of excited about it. it keeps me involved in football too. We saying that, do you still enjoy watching the football? Even though you're not playing, do you still enjoy sitting yeah. watching it or going to the game or doing the media stuff that you're doing as well? Do you? I love the media stuff, I love Rangers TV. Tom Miller, he's just hilarious. He's classy, like, yeah, he's oh, funny. It's, just a, it's like going to watch a game of your best mate, and <laughs> not only your best mate, but funny best mate. Uh, he's quality, um, so I love that. Uh, I love going to get, see games, yeah. I think for a bit, if I'm honest, for two years after I left Rangers, I felt sick mm-hmm. watching them. Yeah. I felt like I should be there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't like to say it, I felt like I, I did support them. But I felt jealous. I felt, mm. like, I felt like boys were doing things that I should have been doing. Yeah. And if I'm honest, with this big turnaround in players that we had over the next kind of two to three years, mm-hmm. I felt my love come back and like my full yeah. support again. But it's not a nice feeling. Horrible. Because I'm Rangers mad. Mm. And I don't want to feel like that. I want yeah. everyone who's on the pitch to do well. Yeah. But it was just like a sick feeling that it made me feel. Mm-hmm. See, as soon as now, obviously, the squad's completely moved on, really. Yeah. Lee Watkins is the only one remaining. Um, I, I absolutely love watching it. Like, there's no doubt it is a family. It's incredible that you go everywhere in the world, and clearly it helps that I play a wee bit, so the odd person might know me, but yeah. um, it's more just to get chatting to boys about Rangers. I, I mm-hmm. love it. And. Um, I love the fact that no matter where I end up living, I can come back to Ibrox, go back to a game, and be definitely part of something. Yeah. So, that's unreal. Um, I, I rarely would miss a game, if either watching it on TV or going along to it. I hate watching games on TV. Really? Aye, I'm no good at it. I, I think I slip into coach mode and start. Aye. Aye, it's bad. And then when I watch it on TV, I get bored quite easily as well. Whereas if you're at the game, yeah. you're fine, you're in the zone, you're in the atmosphere. But if you're watching the telly, one bad thing can happen. You've got your phone out and you're scrolling through social media and you think, oh, that game's on, I'll go to that game. Really? Start chopping and changing, I'm a nightmare. I watched Killy away there last week and I thought, jeez. That was tough. Thank God I'm not there. <laughs> that was tough. But 
I think that's that's the only thing I would say is if I don't go to, go to a game and I'm watching it on the TV and yeah. it's as bad as that yeah. as the result was you're so glad that you can turn the TV off <laughs> and you can be in your bed within five minutes Aye, definitely those, you know all those fans fair, fair play to them they travel everywhere they've got to get out of the car park they've got to get up the motorway they've got to get back home and it's been horrible at Kelly for the last few they're doing well but it's been horrible there for, for oh, so long it's the pitch there's no doubt it's the pitch ah, it's, it's, it's a totally different game no, no doubt in my mind if that game had been at Ibrox that night completely different result oh. and that's Say not fair, and people say, "Oh, tighten up," but it's not right. It should nah. be, shouldn't be a, as big an advantage as that. No, it shouldn't. Like, I think it's, I'm pretty sure there's like they give off stink when the pitches aren't cut short enough and mm-hmm. stuff. Well, they give off stink when the pitch is plastic and terrible. Exactly. So, nah, the sooner those are out of the game, out of the top flight. Yeah, that's. No, I, I agree with you, hundred percent. You've played in enough in the last. Few years to know, so and I completely understand it. Mm. I completely understand the lower, lower teams because yeah. it's a money maker mm. and it's good for the community. It's good that the, it's good that. Um, I'm trying to think of a good one, Falkirk. Falkirk was a good pitch. It's not mm-hmm. as good anymore. It's good that ever, everyone from around Falkirk go. Come on, yeah. go and get a game of fives tonight, and we can play on the pitch. Mm-hmm. That's all really like. That's it's a, a bit classy. That's brilliant, and it's good for the club. Make some money and stuff, but. No way in the top flight you should have you should have those pitches. Nah, not at all. I agree. Hundred percent. It's a game. You know, we've got Scottish Premiership's a big big blockbuster this mm-hmm. year with the managers that we have. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone's talking about it. There's more money coming in, there's better standard. And then you go to Pitsagat and it's live on TV and it's like that's wrong. And well we've our girls team played on it at the weekend there and it was it's not the worst pitch in the world, but it's not the it's it's flat, it's on it's a night like that, when it's cold, and probably starting to firm up almost. It's firm up, and then the ball doesn't stick, it doesn't bounce, it doesn't, uh, doesn't do anything, does it? Definitely not right. I still think they get stuck under Waddle's foot, to be honest with you, but I'm past beyond excuses now. I can't keep making excuses Are you for still it. Still thinking about it? Uh, hopefully not, hopefully not. So, last few questions for yourself, mate. The, you're talking about your box sets. What, what's the top box set for you? Back in the day, I was. Way back, like Prison Break, that was the first thing I ever watched. Good effort. Unbelievable. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, that was my first ever box set, Prison Break, yeah, that, yeah. and then Sopranos, that was my first two. watched bits of that, but no, so Prison Break was the one for me, 100%, that was the first thing I really watched. Um, Entourage. Love it. That was a good one. Love it. That was the one, especially when I started to earn a bit more money, and I uh, thought I could maybe live like this. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that, and I wasn't earning a lot of money, so don't worry about that one. And then I was down Sucky Hall Street some night and I was like, nah, it's not quite the same as nah, that. It's no LA, is it? Um, Walking down past campus, it's not the same. <laughs> I love campus. Good place, bro. First place I ever went. Anyone ever came over, any of the boys came over from home. I didn't want to bring them to the pretentious places. Uh, I'm like, they'll hate us, they'll just stand uh, around and <laughs> So I used to bring them to campus and they absolutely loved it. Ah, bro, we can cheap drink as well. <laughs> True. Decent. Cool. But uh, I box sets. More recently, Luther's what I'm watching. Good day. Sorry, but it's box sets. It's good. But I keep watching it before bed. Don't, don't, mate. <laughs> You'll be sleeping with a light on. God, don't have that. Genuinely, I've never watched them. I want to walk the dog down certain paths now. Just thinking, no, someone's got to come at me. So you're a Luther, bad man. You're a bad. Man. <laughs> He's a bad one. Ah, yes. Luther's Luther's one at the minute. Luther's um, class. That's what I'm. That's what I'm. That's good effort. Luther is, but you can't. You said you're right. You can't watch it at night. 
it's have you seen the new one the one that's just been on TV just started you watched season it? 5 last, first episode last night because I'd never watched it until a month ago and I've gone the yeah way you've went the whole way through yeah. well me and my missus went back oh, we've watched it all and then we'll be uh, we got into the last one there and it was kind of like oh shit what happened there and I get public transport I don't drive right. so you'll understand what I'm talking about when oh, there's a scene on a bus and oh, that's the one I watched. Do you watch it? With the lights. Oh, yeah, in the aye. 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 I've stupidly suggested that me and my missus share the same Spotify recently. Now, that's me just being tight and trying to save a tenner a month. That was a bad idea. No, I don't do that, mate. Because <laughs> I'm now listening to reggaeton and all this Spanish. She lives in Spain for a couple of years. She loves her Spanish music. Spanish dance kind of music. Nah, brilliant. But, so that's not good. Um, I'm not... I'm, I listen to anything. I'm one of the... I hate that answer, but it's true. I kind of listen to anything. Mm. Uh, I used to love the kind of went to be for about four or five years. I used to love that kind of house music scene. Yeah. Then I got tied down, so I had to stop going to nightclubs. <laughs> <laughs> now I prefer live music. I love live music. I'd love yeah. to do like a, you know, just um, sort of indie kind of rock kind of. Yeah, love love listening to to live music and um, nah, bit of a bluff answer because I'm I'm not. Enough to get nah, I'll let you away with it, mate. It's still, it's still early in the day, I'll let you away with it. Something will come back later on you, mate. But no, nah, Andy, thanks very much for coming on the podcast, mate. Absolute pleasure. Cheers, mate. That was brilliant,
sun. How do you feel about it? How do you feel?